All right, everybody. Once again, we'd like to welcome y'all to another episode of the Ball Never Lie podcast, episode 28. I believe it's 28. We're starting to get knee deep into things. So I love it. Uh, once again, we'd like to thank y'all. appreciate y'all for, for being here with us, man. I am one half of the podcast. I am the coach here. What up, man? Luke Foe, we're here. Yes, sir. And like I said, man, we want to thank y'all. appreciate y'all for, for tuning into the podcast. First time listeners, our, our season vet listeners, we love it all, man. Like we said, we agree to disagree on here with y'all. So, hey, let's get to it, man. Yes, sir. So, you know, you wake up, a lot of drama going on in Dallas. Let's talk about it, man. Um, they're saying there's some dysfunction in the front office, you know, the inability to bring in better players and all that type of talk, man. Um, I don't know if I buy it, so I kind of want to see what's your thoughts. Like, let me pick your brain about this whole situation. Man, it's it's definitely interesting to see just from the, the standpoint of, you know, another first-round exit for Dallas, which is not out of the normal, something that we're used to by now. And and it's, it's funny to me because I, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of just the, the big picture. We're starting to see, you know, the, the rumors of, and this is a new one that Rick Carlisle may be interested in the Milwaukee job, but it's funny because he's he's not in no no predicament of losing his job in the front office with Mark Cuban. Like he's been there for for over a decade now. Since I want to say since Avery Johnson left. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but. But maybe maybe a new voice is needed in Dallas. I mean, who knows? I mean, he has a talent there. I mean, I mean, not the talent, but he 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 has his job there. He's good. We know that Rick Carlisle wouldn't leave his job wouldn't lose his job unless he leaves his job. And from the from the Lucas standpoint, we're starting to hear little rumbles of of him might not wanting to be there long term. But we know he's going to get that, that max. He's going to sign the max regardless. He can't leave anyway. So sign the max. I mean, what's next from there? Dallas definitely has to get better as a franchise. I mean, like I've, I've said before, you got to trade Porzingis. Simple as that. Before This was before the trade deadline. I said trade Porzingis. And before the playoff performance of trading Porzingis, some people think you can't get rid of that contract. Listen up. People, for for those who don't know, the NBA is going to make money regardless. Salary cap is going to keep slowly rising. So the the Porzingis contract, that's easy to move. Y'all said that y'all couldn't move Westbrook, Westbrook's contract. Look what happened. You said you couldn't move Chris Paul's contract. Look what happened. So that's definitely not a problem at all to, to move Porzingis' contract. And like I always say, there's in this business is going to be – casualties and sacrifices in order to get better so why not move Porzingis if you can but at the end of the day I don't see Luca leaving I would like to see it happen maybe I mean if if anybody could get better man hey who who wouldn't call about Luca Doncic so how, how do you feel about things uh I just feel like it's too early it's only his second year Maybe I'm old school, but I want to see somebody thug it out for at least four or five years. But um, Dallas does need to get better. I think unpopular opinion, I love Tim Hardaway Jr., but I don't think they should waste their time trying to re-sign him first. I think they should go for the big splash and see, you know, what they can do. And then, you know, go after guys like, like the lower tier. I'm not calling him like a bad player or anything, but not non-superstars. So I think that's what should happen. Um if there is some dysfunction or whatever. I don't know. I like it's weird. This is the first time we're hearing this, you know, during the dirt uh years, even with Steve Nash. I mean they traded him a little too early, but 
you know, Dirk's career, they they were able to, you know, flip rosters. Um they were they were able to get players. So I don't know, maybe it's a new era and maybe Mark Cuban's still in the old era, which most of the time he is, but he he's a good owner and he's a he's a smart guy, I'm pretty sure. You know, I'm not gonna say something's up his sleeve, but I'm pretty sure he'll be able to adapt and probably create a better roster and get things moving. I think this year was the eye opener. Last year was like they're young, so that was the excuse. And Porzingis was injured, but now that everybody was healthy, there is no excuse. Um, they weren't exposed, but the team overall was exposed. Like the roster was exposed. So I think we'll see some type of change, but. I don't think it's going to be some big blow up and I'll be surprised if Rick leaves. I really will, unless he has a problem with Luca or Porzingis. But if that's the case, if it was Porzingis, Porzingis would be going before Rick. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Definitely facts. I think Porzingis would definitely be going before Rick Carlisle, but it, it's interesting um, that you said it, it, it was Luca's second year. This is just his second year in the playoffs when we think about it, because He's gonna go into his fourth season next season. When we when we think about it, because the like I said, the second year last year the bubble the bubble was his his second year, and then we look we now come into his third year, and we keep and I feel like we it's the same it's the same shit different day with Porzingis because it's another year of him being injured. So how? How how much does Luca really want to keep putting up with playing with an injured player? Fuck the friendships, man. Like if if you can't play and be healthy with me, what the fuck, dog? Like I I need somebody who's gonna be ten toes with me. So definitely, Dallas has to look at the big splash first before they they do look to resign a Tim Hardaway Jr. Like you said, I, I I'm a fan of, of Tim Hardaway Jr. He deserves his bag. But again, you definitely got to look at at the bigger picture first and see and see what can you bring in. They like I, I it's it's the rumors that they like Kyle Lowry. I'm not spending my money on Kyle Lowry. I would rather see Lonzo. I would rather make them see them make a splash at Lonzo. And I say Lonzo because he can play off ball and he can play with the ball in his hands. We just seen him be a catch-and-shoot person in that corner. He shot a career high from from three this year at almost 39% clip. And at one point, I know it, it was higher than, like, Trey Youngs, who is a three-point shooter. So everybody does have to relax a little bit. But at the same time, people in the Dallas front office got to do their jobs and, and be ready to – you, you got to get better in order if you want Luka to stick around. Yeah, I mean, I'm swinging at the fences though. I'm I'm gonna see what's up with oh, David yeah. CJ, what's up with Demar Derozan in free agency. Um, yep. There's another guy. Oh, what's up? You know, we're hearing the like you said, Lonzo. But we could go after Brandon Ingram because the Pelicans seem like they're about to break up. So I'm I'm swinging, man. I want to see if I'm Dallas. I want to see who's available. We've heard them in a lot of rumors uh, throughout the years. They just seem like they couldn't get the talent but who doesn't want to play with Luca right now like I'm pretty sure now you have a little bit more of a lead way with players so you know go swing and you're in Texas it's not like you're in a terrible state that free agents might not want to come to but I mean I don't know I like you got to swing for fences right now especially with Luca not on his max which he's about to sign it but you got you have Luca in his I don't even want to call it prime yet because he probably could get better. So you, he's already showed a lot. He took on two superstars by himself. And I'm not going to say by himself, but you know what I mean? He he took yeah. them on and, and could have definitely won. He just got wore down and um, was injured a little bit, which sucks because, you know, that's what we're seeing throughout the playoffs. But this ain't the first year we've seen this. That's another topic we got to talk about, injuries, man. But yes, sir. You know we, we can uh we can transition right into it, man, because it's <sighs> definitely put it's it's put a damper on the playoffs, put a damper on the season, man. Like we've seen it. 
Um, we, yeah, we now when, has it, when hasn't it? Like, not to interrupt you, my bad, but no, 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 you seems, good. It seems as if like that's the new narrative, and it's weird because I expected this. If LeBron were to win, like usually there, there's going to be something for them to kind of discredit him. And I'm not even LeBron fan, so you know I'm being real right now. Yeah. I expected that with LeBron, but right now it's like it's just confusing how that's the main topic. Like, oh, injuries ruin the playoffs. When hasn't it? We can go all the way back to 04 where, you know, the, the super team Lakers weren't healthy, and that's the reason the Pistons were able to take over. Like, we can go all the way back. We can go to 05, 06 when Shaq was injured, you know, and are not Shaq. Yeah, well, the Heat were injured that whole year, but they were still won. But the Mavericks weren't completely healthy. We can go, you know, we can keep going. We can go to 2008 when Andrew Bottom couldn't play. He wasn't healthy and other guys got injured. Or 2010 when they say Perkins, you know, if he wasn't injured, they would have won. You get what I'm saying? Like, we can go every year about injuries. Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose. We can talk about that. ACL yeah. injury. I mean, yeah, you're definitely right, man. Like we said. Kawhi we, Leonard can stop the Warriors dynasty. Like, there, there's a lot of talk. I just – I don't know, maybe because the shortened season that it's easier to blame. Oh, that's why everyone's injured. But it's just like, nah, injuries is a part of the game. I'm not going to say, you know, deal with it. But, shoot, every team is going through it. And it seems like we can't use that excuse. But now we can all of a sudden because we have a shortened season. So we have someone to blame. Like, I am mad that Adam Silver and the rest of the league, you know, had to start early. But. At the end of the day, we all know it's a business, so we we had to move on. It is what it is. I think teams should have built their rosters better, if, you know, knowing the situation we're in. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not – I don't have any pity for injuries this year. I don't know what it is in me. I don't know. I, like, I don't know. I just – I've seen so many injuries. Is it, I, I can't – I can't be like, oh, yeah, this league sucks. It's so injured and – I don't really count the champion this year. Like, nah, bro. Everybody goes through circumstances to win. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah, man. Like I said, injuries are a part of the game. We've spoke on that before. We've said it before. And then plus, we also have to look at who who's getting injured also as well. I mean, Kyrie is an injury-riddled person. This isn't like out-of-the-blue injuries. I mean, it sucks, but he's someone who – tends to get hurt a lot. And I mean, I'm sorry. Like, And then it's funny because now we look at the other side of the Western Conference, Chris Paul all of a sudden has been the Iron Man through these playoffs. So, I mean, it's like we said, the injuries are part of the game, man. Like, like, like we've said before, and you have to have health. Health is a huge component of someone winning a title or getting through a championship run or a deep playoff run. And like we said before, and you just mentioned it, roster construction. You are, I think, I don't know why people don't. And when I say people, meaning these front offices, I don't know why they don't consider injuries of being a factor in, in building these teams. So, yes, Brooklyn did go out and get the, the Blake Griffins of the world, the Jeff Greens, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge before he went down to bolster their lineups. But but you got. I'm looking at it as far as look at your roster, roster construction and who are you building around and behind. Yes, James, the James Harden injury, freak injury, and I say that because we haven't seen James Harden get hurt. But when you talk about okay, you bring in a Kyrie Irving, who is his backup? And was well, Spencer Dinwiddie, but he got hurt now. So look at who else is on that team. You got Mike James, and I'm a big fan of Mike James since. Since watching him at the Jewel League, I've always been a fan of Mike James. So salute to him. I'm glad to see him contribute yep. on this level. And I hope he sticks around at this level also. He shouldn't have to go back overseas after this season. I really hope he sticks with the team, sticks in the NBA now also. But again, you got the Isaiah Thomases of the world out there, the Jamal Crawfords, those guys who teams don't want to sign, and now you're in this situation. So I could definitely see where you're coming from as far as not feeling bad, like, you have to put yourself in a better situation as far as um, the front offices of avoiding these situations as much as possible with the next man up mentality. Yeah, and it, I mean, 
you know what it is. Teams are so excited about being top heavy that the rest of their roster stinks. Like, if we're gonna be honest, you can just look at Denver. They they got Aaron Gordon. Um, they had Jokic. They had Jamal Murray, and they thought, okay, we're contenders. But it's like, nah, the rest of your roster stinks, bro. Will Barton never stays healthy, and you guys lean on him for offense so much. So, hey, man, as much as I like Will Barton, man, that dude is on. He can't stay healthy at all for the last two seasons of the playoffs. I feel like he's just. All I see is this playoff drip from Will Barton, man. He's fitted on the sideline, but I need you on the court, my dude. Man, it's, I mean, that's just one example. Like, there's a lot of teams that are just top-heavy. Like, it, the rosters are not well-balanced as, you know, previous years. And I get it. Everybody's trying to get three superstars, and that's the wave to win. But, like I said, I mean, I said it on Twitter as soon as – um. The Nets let up and let uh, let the Bucks get that one uh, their first game win. The Nets let up, and I said I don't think they should have done that. I think they should have tried to sweep because yep. Harden's already unhealthy, and you never know who else could get injured. That very next game, which was three four days later, Kyrie twists his ankle, and now we have a whole different series. And now, if the Bucks do win, we already know everyone's gonna say oh, they wouldn't have won if one of the two were healthy. You get what I'm saying? So it's just like, yep. that's nobody's fault. That's part of the game. People have to realize injuries are part of the game. Simple as that, man. Like, it's, it's simple. It, like you said, injuries are part of the game. Like I've said, I remember when, even this year, when everybody was laughing, talking shit down on 80, calling them street clothes and, 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 and all that. But when I, I like I said, I, need, I just want the consistent energy when it comes to everyone else. But I know it's not going to happen, so I'm not going to stress it too much. But yeah. that's why I, it's hey, oh, that person's hurt. Hey, sorry. Just wish that person 100% recovery. Let's move on, man. Next man up. Yeah, that's that's definitely what, what has to happen. I mean, we know we already talked about it last episode. Narratives are a part of the game now. So. You got to roll with the punches, but if we were if we were able to keep the same energy, you know this this league, the way people talk, debates, everything would be different. But it is what it is. It's heavy at the top. Of course, you know what it is. But let's let's get into a more brighter spot of situation in the NBA, man. Let's talk about some of these playoff series we got going on, and we can stick with the uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee series since we're right here. Uh, we both said it. We had um, Milwaukee winning this series, and it's safe to say that we don't really have to change our our picks or feel a reason to second guess ourselves right now. But do you, do you see Brooklyn at least winning one more game in this series? Um, shit, man. I mean, just with the rosters, just with with no Jane. We know Kyrie ain't coming back. I don't care what nobody says, unless. Kyrie can really find that can really go Kobe mode and play through this injury, which I don't think he will. I don't, I don't see him coming back. James is up in the air. I don't see him really coming back with this hamstring injury. I think it's worse than what it is. So I, I, I'll let you go, go now. I, as much as I want to see Katie carry, I don't, I don't know, man. But then again, the Bucks are a team that could be flat sometimes. It just look kind of nasty. So it's like it, it's it's 50-50, but if I were to have to choose, I'd say probably we're we're, we're in game five now, right? They yeah. probably could win one in Brooklyn. No, nah, because that means they would have to win game seven if they don't win this one. Nah, they're not winning another one. <laughs> no. I was going to say, man, I know you, man. If, if tomorrow came and you saw that spread and that number line and you bet on it, who who, who the bet? Who, who you taking? Yeah, it's the Bucks or nothing. It has to be. It's That's the only smart thing to do. You can't – I mean, you could always dream for a team to, you know, be the overcoming underdogs, but nah. Yeah, I'm not – I don't think – I don't think Larry Landry Sammons is going to be the unsung hero for game five. I'm sorry. I think I think 
Brooklyn makes it a great game. I think Joe Harris – I, I want to see Joe Harris get out of the slump. Man, he's been in the slump all series. So they need him to step up big. The opportunity is going to be there. But I thought Steve Nash Steve Nash spoke on a little bit um, post-game that the Nets are going to be predictable with no James and no Kyrie out there. You kind of know where they're <laughs> where the offense is coming from. So and PJ Tucker didn't turn this matchup to a into a, a hell in a cell matchup, man. He didn't turn this into a a, a steel cage match. <laughs> he, he he is making Kevin Durant work for to just touch the ball. And everybody can say, oh, he's fouling him. That's listen, this is playoff basketball. And the league has gotten soft, honestly. And I say that because the inconsistency of the refs of what they're blowing the whistle on as far as a foul and what's not a foul. Hey, if you can get away with it, PJ Tucker, get away with it. Make it make it difficult for Kevin Durant. And people got to realize basketball is is a physicality sport. You're gonna bump, you're gonna have to bump people, rub shoulders in order to get the ball and get to where you want to go from point A to point B. So I don't have a problem with PJ Tucker, you know roughing it up a little bit because it's it's not like he's flagrant fouling this man he's making it harder for him he's making it difficult and he's doing his job yeah but see now that steve nash said something and everybody was talking about it yeah you know, you know that, it's coming yeah you know that whistle is going to be overblown a little bit katie's probably going to shoot 15 16 free throws um not saying it's not warranted but Right. Yes. Once something goes out in the media, you're going to hear a little bit of, uh, I mean, you're going to see, you know, repercussions. So either that'll work in the Nets' favor or that'll work in the Bucks' favor where they don't call anything now since you, you know, basically called out the refs. But I think last game, and you know, I don't I have a complaint about refs this year that much. Last game was terribly officiated. Um, it started early. It started with, the first two quarters, it was just you could tell the game on both sides. Dudes were fouling. Like, I, w- I was watching. I was like, damn, Giannis, is this what they be talking about? Is he really – is he really like Shaq as in, like, he doesn't get foul calls and, you know, he has to do the most to get fouled? And it's like, damn. And then you look at KD and it's like, all right, well, guys are kind of hacking him too. And it's like, oh, this – this is kind of bad refing. And then I seen Man. uh I seen Pat get bloody and I was like, oh yeah, they didn't call a foul or nothing. Yeah, this this game is gonna be bad. And then Kyrie got injured. And I was like, see, knew it. Yeah, man. That's like I said, they definitely just turned out to a wrestling match out there yesterday, and the refs just said, fuck it. <laughs> like they they just let him play, literally. They let them decide <laughs> the game, man. And I I de- you, you we're definitely gonna see more whistles blown. And the game cleaned up as far as game five, man. But I do want to move on to the – to uh, we can stay in the Eastern Conference real quick. Um, mm-hmm. We got game four tonight between Philly and Atlanta. Um, man, I, I think I, I think Philly – I think Philly might close it out in five, man. The way Joel B has been dominant the whole series on one leg damn near. Hey, the way the injuries and, and the East is playing out, man, I it looks like Philly – if, I'm going to say if Doc Rivers can't fuck this up, Philly can make a run to the finals. Not saying they're going to win the finals. They can represent the East if Doc does not fuck this up. Uh, man, I don't know, man. It's Because <laughs> Philly, I mean, Philly can hit threes, but when the Bucks hit threes, they go up early. Yeah, they blow leads, but they don't blow the game it's like they'll be up 21 and win by five or six which is you know not good but a win is a win in the playoffs you'll take it however you can get it so I'm just looking from a standpoint of matchups I mean Blake Griffin has done a great job on Giannis but can we see I'm I'm trying to think who's it going to be Tobias Harris or Ben Simmons that's going to guard Giannis so then Vice versa, who's going to guard um, Middleton? So it's just like, I don't know if the Bucks are able to come out. And I this is obviously hypothetical if the Bucks close it out. But if the Bucks are able to come out hot against Philly, I don't see how Philly comes back because their game is more of like throw it in the post now. 
So it's more of a slow game. It's not like a up and up and bu- I mean run and gun type of game, unless Seth Curry is hot. So I don't know. It that's going to be a very interesting interesting series. I don't know who I'd pick because we got two guys that can't be stopped. We got Embiid, and obviously we got Giannis. You know, Mister Elastic. So I'm I'm pretty excited for that. I kind of want both their um, series to end now so we can see that. Yeah, man, I like I like the matchup between Milwaukee and, and Philly. I want to see a match between Ben Simmons and Giannis too, because they both can't shoot free throws. <laughs> so yeah. this would be interesting. And then I want I, I I am interested to see if if Philly Philly without Danny Green for whatever reason, man, Dan, not just Danny Green. Whatever, whenever players go to a team besides the Lakers. <laughs> They always gonna play a little bit better. I don't know if it's just that Laker pressure or not, or whatever it is. But Danny Green was a main cog to that team. Uh, maybe I want to see who who's gonna step up in his spot if 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 he if he's gonna if he's like a huge difference maker for them. Uh, we'll see tonight in Game Four um, against Atlanta. If Atlanta comes out hot, we'll see if they make the interest, uh, series interesting or not. But if not, I, I still expect um, Philly to close out the series no matter what. I'm not changing, switching up the pick. Like I said, Joel and B is about unstoppable down there. The supporting cast has been playing well for that team. And I, I think they can keep it up also as well. Yeah, no, it should be interesting. And, you know, we'll give I'll give Doc Rivers his credit. Finally, he switched Ben Simmons on to Trey Young. And Trey Young is in hell right now, so. Man, <laughs> it's exciting to see. Um, <laughs> if you're gonna claim, you know, you're the best defender and you want defensive player of the year, that's what I want. I want to see you guard those guys. So I'm impressed with Ben Simmons. I'm impressed with Doc Rivers for making an adjustment that he usually doesn't make. But you know, Philly and five, let's see where it goes. Um, I just right now looking at overall teams, I I would have Bucks in six against Philly, but you know everything can change, and we'll see. Yeah, man, definitely. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Hopefully, both these teams can can finish their food and take care of business. But let's switch to the West West uh, Western Conference real quick. Uh-huh. Um, we we got the sweep. Finally, got a, we we got the sweep in the second round. The Brooms got out in Denver. Suns and Florida got that out the way, man. Um, Has Chris Paul ever swept anybody? No, right? Nah, this is his first. This is his first sweep, which I found really interesting. So, man, so salute to him, man. I mean, you should sweep this Denver team. It's just Jokic and everybody else out there. Michael Porter Jr. just flailing up any three he can take. Yeah, that says a lot about Portland, though, man. It, It sucks. Like I told people. It's going to be a bad, not bad, but it's going to be a big breakup for Portland. They should. I'm not, sometimes, I mean, we've been thinking this for three years now, so maybe they don't. But after watching that, that just tells you all you need to know. Um, I'm not going to say it questions CJ more, but, like, these guards dominated. Why couldn't Portland? It, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense still. Hey man, but then again too, I I give I give a lot of credit to to Jokic too for literally putting his team on his back and carrying them as far as he did, only because yeah, and they ain't in his position literally but without him. So I mean, he dominated his match. But like that's Nurkic. what won him MVP, to be honest. Because you know, I mean, you said it, but they should announce MVP before the playoffs. But I feel like the first round kind of helps that argument for media, because obviously it's media voting. I feel like they don't block out the playoffs in their head. They still keep it in. And what he did against Portland, I think that solidified his MVP, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because yeah, he dominated that, that Nurkic series first round. And, and I give DeAndre a lot of credit and, and Phoenix Suns, because he, he definitely wasn't the best player out there on the floor at all the whole series. There was not one part of the game or any game where I thought Jokic was the best player in the series. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see, man. I mean, Denver can make the argument that, yes, they didn't have Jamal Murray. But then again, like I said before, I don't think Jamal Murray 
was that that guy as far as who's going to take you over the hump is really put you in championship contender. And I hope everybody realizes too that Aaron Gordon trade was a complete failure. Like he didn't he didn't do anything. You brought him in to fill the role in Jeremy Grant, and he couldn't do anything. He didn't stop nobody out there. I mean, not in the first round or second round. He couldn't score in those last couple games. So he did all that talking, got his way out of Orlando, and he looked like an Orlando Magic player on the big stage. Hey, but that's what happens. Some dudes be thinking they're ready, and they they're not, and they're they're better on those those type of teams where you know, like the Bulls before they got Billy Donovan, where guys just go over there and they hoop, and then they go to another team and they're not good. You know, same with the Wizards before um, Russ came over there last year. Like, those are stops where I could go average 18, 20 points, but. I go get on a good team and I'm on the big stage. I'm probably going to have four or five points. It just happens, man. I'm, I mean, you're not shocked. I'm not shocked. I still think – I'm not going to say I believe in him, but I still think he could be a little bit better, um, especially with a passing big. So he's just got to keep working on his game. But it wasn't disappointing because we both expected this from him. But I'm pretty sure the rest of the world was disappointed and that's on him to get better. Yeah, definitely for sure, man. But I, I will say this: when he is out there with the with the Jamal Murray and and other players that are that are better, it does elevate your game too. So I, I'll give him that too as well. But but he just got to get back in the lab and keep working, man. So I, I want to see what what he can do going forward with with this team. Yeah, I mean, the next round is. Well, I'm not gonna say the the. We can't predict it because the Clippers could come back again. But if we get a Devin, I mean, yeah, Devin Booker versus Donovan Mitchell, that that's going to be very, very fun. I hope Mike Conley is healthy because Conley versus Chris Paul is not far off either. I know people don't Same. give Conley his credit still, but that is going to be interesting, man. It, it It's definitely a boring series, I won't lie, but for a real hoop head or – you know, just for for even for the media, which we're about to get into too, that's pushing the young guys. This is the perfect um, showcase for young talent. So we'll see. Oh man, definitely. I, I've already I've already started previewing the little matchups in my head: the Bookers versus Mitchell. Hopefully, we get Chris Paul versus Mike Conley. Gobert versus Aiden. So it's definitely some some good matches out there to keep our eyes on and watch if that series comes comes into play. Yeah, I I actually want to see that. It's no no clipper hate. It's just Clippers versus Suns or Suns versus Utah. I'd rather choose Suns versus Utah just to see uh Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker, two guys that have been easily top top 10 in these playoffs easily probably top five both of them so it's like let's let's see them collide like we've always wanted to see you know the talents that are kind of on the same level go at it and we rarely get to see it like we haven't we still haven't seen the Lakers Clippers series we never got to see Kobe versus LeBron in the in the championship so it's like you got to cherish these moments when you're able to see you know the the up and coming superstars collide, like they get it out early or even, you know, when they're in their super prime. So that's the only reason I really want to see that. I'm not, not hating on the Clippers at all. I mean, I'm not rooting for them, but if they were to make it, they were to make it. We already know the narrative. If they make it, let's see if they choke it off. So either way, it's, it's going to be good, but I'd rather see the young guys. Yeah, man, I still got the Jazz pulling this one out. Like you said, just the, the matchups, the game um, within the game is what I want to see between Utah and Phoenix. That happens. And if it is Suns and Clippers, hey, man, I want to see – I do want to see PG and and Paul George do do run into um, Devin Booker just because he did hit that game winner in both they faced in the bubble last year. So, gives them a chance to redeem themselves. And then also we'll see if Chris Paul can, can continue to – play the way that he's been playing and, and carry Phoenix into the championship, to the finals. Yeah. Hey, 
I could just see the Clippers, you know, coming back, beating Utah and losing to the Suns in six and everybody probably looking at it as like a semi-success since they got to the conference finals. But, you know, my feelings is championship or bust with the Clippers, with the Nets, those type of teams. Like, you don't build oh, yeah. these superstar teams. You don't act like it's one thing that's, you know, keeping you all away. Speaking on the Clippers, they act like it was Doc. So now that Ty lose there, it's like, I don't care if this is a first year. You guys were, you know, he was on the, he was on the bench last year too. It wasn't like he just randomly appeared on y'all's um, squad. So I don't know, championship or bust. I'm, I'm not, I'm not taking anything less. I don't care what happens. There is no circumstance where I'd be like, all right, well, you know, maybe they should have won. No, nah, it's not like that unless Kawhi gets injured. I don't care if Paul George gets injured because he ain't a big factor. I don't care what nobody says, man. It's championship or bust. Yeah, man. You, simple as that. We we don't we don't come on here to talk about talk about conference conference finals appearances or or second round appearances. So, but like you said, the Clippers fans would be happy with them finally getting out of second round, seeing seeing new grounds and new heights that where they've never been before. So. I can see why they might get excited, but yeah, for me, y'all, y'all had all this talk for the last two years. That y'all the big dogs, y'all the champ. Well, not the chance, but y'all, you guys are competing for a championship. So, just get there. If if, if they can get there, then cool with me. If not, I don't want to hear shit at all, man. But you know, let's let's talk about it. Um, the media. Um online just everywhere it seems like they're pushing the agenda of young players you know guys under 25 it seems like that's the real target you've heard the talks for at least two three weeks just alone about who's the top five and at the age of under 25 so I can't wrap my brain around it um I see this in other in other sports like football shoot even wrestling like you push the young guys in, you push the old guys out. But for the NBA, I don't see uh, – it's hard It's like it's hard for me to wrap my mind around why are they pushing the young guys because young guys still aren't winning. So what, what, is, what is the agenda here? Like, could you explain it to me? Or what's your thoughts about, you know, the pushing of the young age? Oh, man, I don't know, man. Maybe it's because it's 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 new talent, new faces on on a bigger stage. Uh, I'm assuming that that they're trying to push, but but it's I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of that same island, man. Because I I remember, and I hate to sound like this, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but back in my day, I remember when the young dudes like the like the Kobe's of the world. You had to play for keeps and earn yours before you was really put on that pedestal and and really, really, I don't want to say glorified, but really what's the word I'm looking for? Just acknowledged for your for your talents and what you're doing. Now, I would say guys like Donovan Mitchell, he's this is another consecutive year of him doing it. So okay, we know he's solidified. He's here. We've seen him Luca. This is his second year in a row. Okay, another huge big time playoff performance. No, he didn't win, but clearly this is not a one-man sport. You need your whole team out there, and you need help. But I don't know, man. Like, it's it's, it's really – it's kind of annoying seeing some of these young guys just for their first times out here really really getting the glory that they're getting as far as what they're doing out here on the court. Now, now mind you, I, I see what Devin Book is doing. I, I like how he's performing in two closeout games, putting up 30-plus points. But this is, the, this is, like I said, the way you carry yourself sometimes, man, I don't know. Like, that, that whole thing with him and just Jokic was funny. Like, we know Devin, Devin Booker ain't about that action, man. Yes, you, you're supposed I'm to be there so for your teammate. <laughs> the, the fake tub guy act. It's like, have, has nobody noticed that every game he's almost about to fight? It's been every game. Like, what is he just what – are, what are people going to say just because he's – the young superstars, are they going to say it's competitiveness? Like, nah, bro, how are you almost fighting every game? 
an almost fight. Ain't no punches thrown. You ain't really Not pushing nobody. He ain't pushing nobody. <laughs> yeah, with, okay, no you, you ran up and put your chest to chest. Like, come on, you didn't even move him. As soon as you noticed you couldn't move him, you didn't make another move. So that, that tells you all you need to know. I get it. Stand up for your teammate. But, man, let's be real. Cameron Payne acted a whole lot on, on that play. If you yeah. when when they slowed it down, he barely got hit. He laid on the ground, act like he was bloody. Nothing even came out his nose. Now, if he were and I, I mean, I don't want it to get to that extreme, but if Jokic were to how he swung all the way back and hit his nose, and you know it was bloody, then you know you're warranted to do that. But the dude wasn't even bleeding. You could tell it was a whole acting job, and it, I mean, it, it worked. It got Jokic out the game, but it was like, come on, Devin Booker, like. Why is it every game you somehow chest to chest with somebody and nothing has happened? You ain't moved the guy. You ain't really pushed him. You ain't slapped him. You ain't punched him. You ain't do nothing. Like, it don't make sense. What you, you just this talkative guy? Like, shut up, man. That shit's annoying. Yeah, man. Just And just to speak on that, that ejection on Jokic, man. One, Jokic didn't even get the respect as an MVP, man. Like, if, if any other MVP makes that foul, they're not throwing out the game. Two, that wasn't a flagrant foul at all. The lead, like you said, man, he barely got hit. Jokic still made a play on the ball, hit the ball at that. So I'm I'm confused now what's a flagrant one or two. It shouldn't have been a flagrant at all. But like I said, man, they, they was wrong for throwing that man out, especially knowing that that's Denver's main and best player. Like you, after you sent him out the game, that just let me know, yeah, the refs don't care about this game either. They just want this shit to get over with. Man, I watched the game pretty much on mute because I was somewhere else, and I didn't even realize that was the closeout game. Just in my head, I'm like, you know, Suns are up 2-0. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, maybe we're, like, four minutes left when you seen them, like, really trying to scramble to stay in the game. I was like, oh, shit, it's the closeout game. So that made it worse. I see why everybody was mad, but I don't know. Like, I feel like, like you said, it's just inconsistency because – We've seen certain plays, for example, uh, Crowder had his arms around LeBron's neck and didn't get called for a flagrant two, but That's Jokic, what I'm saying, man. <laughs> right. Jokic slaps the ball, and he does cock, it, cock his arm back very far, but he barely made any contact, so how the hell is that a flagrant two? But around somebody's neck, going up in the air isn't a flagrant two. It just didn't make sense. It was inconsistency, and in the closeout game, it, it just sucks. Yeah, man. Like Denver got robbed of the opportunity to 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 try to win that game, and 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 again, that's why I say Jokic was was clearly that MVP of that team, man. Because once he left the floor, it that that team just looked terrible out there. I don't see <laughs> that. That's a definitely lottery team without without Jokic out there. So so yeah. him in the in the great regular season he had, but but yeah, man. And I do want to say salute to, to Monty Williams, man, once again, man. I'm, I'm so happy for Monty Williams, just him being on this stage at the conference finals. Again, he was a coach that I, I wanted the Lakers to to grab after after the whole debacle before we got Frank Vogel. He chose the Suns over the Lakers, and good for him, man. He he chose the right path for him, and he's leading a, a young group of men that's that looks like they, they could be competing for a finals appearance. So, hey. If if Monty Williams get uh, gets to that finals, I I wouldn't be I I would love to have the narrative of a of a black head coach leading his team to the finals. Yeah, it opens up more doors. I seen somebody you know tweet about that, and I I wasn't really realizing that, so I can admit when I'm wrong. Salute to that. Uh, you know him him winning is helping, you know other guys possibly get a job in you know the front office. James Jones has done a great job. He's a black GM, so you know they. He, he better. He better get. Ex- he, he better get executive of the year. Damn it! I don't see nobody else who deserves that award but him. I mean, I don't. I don't really see any talk about anybody else. I'm not gonna lie. His name is out there more than anybody, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, not surprised, but I think he's the heavy favorite. I could say that. Yeah, man, definitely he he is. But but again, and just and just to really think about it really quick. If 
because we did speak on just the, the possibility of Philly getting to the finals. If we can get to, uh, a finals with two two black head coaches, I don't think that's ever happened in NBA history. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. Now that I think about it. Yeah, so so that would be interesting to see, man. If 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 we can get that that narrative going, pushed and, and happen, man, I'm all for it. Yeah, but what I don't like, you know, still speaking on the Suns, how Chris Paul is trying to play this underdog role, talking about people wrote him off years ago when I don't know when that happened. I think he's talking about how people said him and James Harden would have worked, but that was never writing him off. So that's weird how he's trying to push that narrative. Again, we're talking about narratives. I, I don't understand it. Um and by him doing that, there's guys out here saying, he, even Mike Malone, which I was going to clown him for, he's saying Chris Paul might be the greatest point guard ever. How the hell are you the greatest point guard ever? You haven't won. Like, I don't get, I really don't understand that shit. He's had the teams. There's no excuses. Yeah, his earlier years, his teams weren't as great, but it is what it is. A lot of dudes have went through that. You know, Russell had his best years without a great team. Jason Kidd was playing with guys that had kidney failures and retiring mid-season and still went to the finals. Like, I don't want to hear about how his teams weren't good because he left and went to, you know, a Clippers organization, which was a shit organization, but they had the talent. They were getting every buyout player. They were getting every free agent. They had all the vets on their squads. Like, the Clippers teams, there were some really good teams that should have won, and they didn't. And why? Because he wasn't good. And then he made one clutch shot and that erased all the trash he had been in the playoffs. But again, we're not going to do this. He ain't, he's not number one. He's not top three. I don't know why people even put him over Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd did it at a, at an older age. Like I don't get it, man, but you know, this isn't a shit on Chris Paul thing. It's just, we're speaking on the Suns, and I'm seeing the talk of him, being the greatest point guard ever when this is his first time what well no he they went to the conference finals with the rockets right yeah yeah so this is his second time uh in the conference finals yeah second time in what he got drafted 04 so what 17 years 16 years uh, i i don't get it i'm not i'm not rocking with it definitely not rocking with this greatest point guard of all time talk that's not even close it shouldn't even be a debate. It shouldn't come out people's mouths. It's so disrespectful. Yo, it's crazy how John Stockton is the leader of assists all time, and nobody ever speaks to this man of being a top five point guard. Man, you seen me say that. He's the most disrespectful point guard of all time. Like, ain't no, like, here's the thing. Yeah, y'all can start to talk about Chris Ball being over Steve Nash because that's personal preference now. They both ain't one. They both have you know, done certain things, but shit, even Nash, man, he, in the playoffs, especially, I, I think people forget, this is a what have you done for me now type of league, but shit, Nash was hell in the playoffs. I know you, you're a Laker fan, so you know, we hated playing Yo, Steve Nash. We fucking I, hated I, I still, I still hate forgiving Steve Nash for what he's done to us in the playoffs. Right? Like, the Spurs broke his damn nose because he was just running around doing his thing, like, People forget, man, and I'm not I'm not quick to just jump and, you know, put them there. Like, who's – was it Magic Johnson that said Donovan Mitchell should be talked about on the on the levels of LeBron and Kawhi? Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. That shit is I – don't, I don't know, bro. It, this this and league – that, That's what I meant by saying, like, I thought dudes had to, had to earn theirs and play for keys back, back in the day, man. Like, it's – it's wild to me, like they, that these players again put on the the pedestals of the KDs, of the LeBrons, of Kawhi, where they have won. It's a reason why they are where they are now, and the elite conversations of their own because they've won and they've proven it time after time after time. And that's why we give them the benefit of the doubt. And we put them on that pedestal again. Donovan Mitchell's on his way; he's ascending, but to put him in the same. Same conversations as the Katie's, the Bronze, Steps of the World. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it just yet. Sorry. Can't do it. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm trying to think. So, if Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker somehow pull off 
a championship this year? Are they better than D-Wade already? Like, I, I don't get what's going on here. I really don't see – maybe I'm in a loop or something, but I don't see where people are running off with these crazy hot takes, I would call it. Like you said, man, we live in this we live in this world now. Everybody just wants that microwave success or whatever that's hot because we got a real I, I remember just last week everybody was uh on the Hawks bandwagon saying the Hawks is gonna beat Philly. Trey Young is is the, the next best thing, and people are really comparing him with Steph Curry. Man, uh, Doc Rivers put Ben Simmons on him. It's been it's been real quiet for for the Trey Sayers, I wanna call them. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we gotta let that go. Yeah, man. Just <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Again, it's it's not us hating on these players. Just I, I I want to know when when did the criteria change? When when did this all change for me? That's what I want to know. Yeah, but you know, we got MVPs. We have the Defensive Player of the Year. We haven't had the Rookie of the Year announced, but we pretty much know it's gonna be Lamelo. So. We're not going to break their – not, I'm not going to say we're not, but we don't know the all-NBA teams yet, and there is three teams, so it's going to be hard for us to, you know, create those. But I just want to ask you, what are what are some locks for you? As in, like, this guy has to be on, you know, all-NBA team three or all-NBA team two. What What's some locks for you? Uh, some locks for me, of course, Jokic, he's going to be a first-teamer. Um, Steph should be on the first team as well, of course. Um, I think Giannis might be uh, Giannis should be a first teamer All NBA. That other guard slot is up to it's up to Dame and Chris Paul. I mean, the way Chris Paul is eating his media run up right now, it looks like they might give it to him if they ain't voted for it already. But I can see either one of those two earning a, a All NBA spot. Like I said, I still got to see Russ get an all-NBA team spot. Man, I don't care what nobody says. That that Washington Wizards team had no business of being in the playoffs. Russ is the triple-double king now. So I don't – I, I got to give him some type of credit for that and for, for how he led the Washington Wizards. And the reason why I said he led the Washington Wizards is because we've seen Bradley Beal with that team without Russ and couldn't really – do much for for that team as far as the the success they had. Of course, he got his individual numbers as expected, but I, I didn't see anything else from there. I think Julius Randle deserves an All NBA spot, probably on the second team. I think Joel Embiid will definitely get an All NBA slot on that second team as well. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think one of those guard spots is going to be interesting to see if because we know Luke is probably going to get a spot somewhere on there. Um, I want to see who's going to get left out between a between a um, the Devin Booker's, the Donovan Mitchell's of the world, because somebody's going to get left out, or even, it might be Chris Paul who get left out. So it's just like I said, for me, it's all about the guards. I want to see how that plays out as far as who gets an All NBA slot and who gets put where. That's going to be the interesting part to me. That's crazy because I was going to say, pretty much my team too is locked with Russ, Bradley, Bill. Julius Randle and Embiid. I don't know who's going to be the fifth guy. Obviously, it's going to be a forward, but I, I couldn't really think. But in my eyes, just how shit's been going, I can really see Trey Young stealing Bradley Bill or Russell's spot, and everyone's just going to act like that's okay. I've been thinking about this for at least like two, three days. Just because of the what have you done for me now, and he's still in the playoffs, I think people have already forgot what happened with the Wizards and how they did that major comeback. I think people, you know, everyone's screaming New York's back, but I think Julius Randle's play in the playoffs is going to have people forget how great he was in the regular season. So I could see, you know, those type of guys getting snubbed and everyone's going to act like it's okay until you really bring out the facts and what was going on during the season and the obstacles that some guys had to beat because Russ and Bradley Bill, especially Russ, they were down very bad. Bradley Bill uh, went through a lot of injuries. They all went through the COVID thing and they came back, man. They, they really turned over and made the playoffs. They were out the playoffs early, early in the season. 
And I think people forget that. So I could see those type of guys getting snubbed for sure. Yeah, I definitely think so. And again, I don't know when they've voted on these things. So if if they if they didn't vote by the regular season and they're still I don't I don't know how the shit goes, but it's gonna be interesting to see, man, because you're definitely gonna hear a lot of slugs, a lot of a lot of up war about who who shouldn't have made it, who's who should have made it. And and that's what we're here for. That's the interesting about that's the interesting about it, man. We get we get these takes off, get the voice of your opinions, man, and 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 just let let us know how y'all feel, man. Just simple as that. I mean, there's a lot of dudes who are well deserving of an all NBA spot, but there's only 15 of them. So can't wait to begin the debates on it. Yeah. And you know, before we get out of here, we had some news going on while we were recording. Um we we spoke about the ma- I mean the magic, the Mavericks and you know the whole dysfunction and debacle that's going on. While we were recording, Mark Cuban, you know, basically called that whole story out. He said it's total bullshit and it's left field. So I don't, you know, like I said, I don't I didn't really believe it. I'm not gonna he obviously has to say that, but I don't know. We'll we'll see what's gonna happen with these Mavericks and like I said from the beginning, this is a this is a very important offseason. This is going to shape most teams for the next four or five years. Um, we obviously have a big free agency as well the next coming year, but this one is important. LeBron is aging. The Clippers might break up. Dane might be gone. It's it's a lot that rides in this free agency. Um coaching changes all of that so it'll be interesting to see um i'm very excited i can't wait we're back to regular schedule so as soon as these playoffs is over we could have a very very good summer just off of free agency summer league draft lottery training camp yeah and i want to say we're about a week away from getting the nba draft lottery too so that's going to be interesting to see and how that plays out like you said just for the future going forward for a lot of teams man this is gonna it's gonna make or break their futures so i want to see how 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 that ends up happening and then also as well man like you said just that summertime that summertime feel man and just that free agency news can't wait for it I can't wait to just be at the Drew League and then a bomb drops and a whole gym just go crazy for a second and forget about what's going on on the court for like the next two minutes or so. Because that's that's always, always a great feeling for those those, those woes and shams, bombs to drop. I, yeah. I just love it, man. Just that that feeling. I get excited for the offseason just as much as, as the uh, the season. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, you don't keep checking your phone every two minutes. That That's the vibe, man. It, and then we have the summer league and you have the Drew League and you have the big three. It's it's a lot of hoops. It's a lot of things to watch or be entertained by until we get back to the NBA regular season. So, you know, everybody stay tuned. It, it's a lot that's going to go on. Um, you got to stay updated. You know, listen to the podcast. Um, don't listen to these narratives out there, man, because – that's that's what's going to be painted too this summer. It's going to be a lot of narratives painted. A lot of guys need like, like I said, Luca is only in his second year, so I don't want to hear all this trade talk yet. It's kind of it's too early. We're gonna you know Trey Young's gonna lose. We're gonna hear how he is gonna need a second superstar. We already knew John Collins wasn't enough. So, like I said, there's gonna be narratives painted for the young guys. There's gonna probably be probably be guys teaming up or planning to team up in the next two years. So I can't wait. Yeah, man, this is definitely going to be an intriguing summer to, and the all season to look out for, man. But, but like you said, man, before we get on out of here, like we always say, man, we protect, support black women over here. Always we want to push the youth in the right direction, lead them the right way. Lufo, you got anything you want to say to people before we head on out of here? Yes, sir. We appreciate the support. You know, keep supporting. More content coming. Love is love. Yes, sir. Y'all enjoy these playoffs, man. Continue to tap in with us, man. We out. Peace. 
click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at ball never lie pod and our Twitter page BNL underscore podcast.